Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hi, Governor and Bo. Your show is the highlight of my day. Thank you so much for all that you do. You know how cute I always thought you were. I, they're, they're, is, is there a book and page number you can reference me to, please? I don't have a copy of the report in front of me. Time to play the game! The majesty of this place, what it represents. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. The history made here, it is an overwhelming experience. <laughs> well said. This is sort of like a schizophrenic rodeo. Yes, I hear you. Four years as NC Governor. Governor Bo, thanks for having me in. I appreciate it. Great to be on WBT, the big legacy station. Oh, man. Behind the scenes conversations. We served together when I was governor of Indiana, and uh, he did a great job. Pat McCrory. WBT presents. Uh, I honest, uh, Bo, I don't, I don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to tell him that I said that. The Pat McCrory Show. I'll do even better than- <laughs> with Bo Thompson. I'll do even better than that. I will, I will replay that line for him when we get on. Hey, McCrory. God. Keep giving him hell, buddy. <laughs> My music right here. Won't you come see about me? I'll be alone. Dancing, you know See, you, you people can't see him jamming over in the corner. Pat McCrory jamming to Simple Minds. Doesn't get any better than that. I really like this song. <laughs> so, uh, last night... President uh, Trump, in front of thousands of people in Georgia, somewhere in Georgia, was telling not only the audience, but telling the Vice President of the United States and the Governor of Georgia, you best not forget about me. Because <laughs> I'm still around, and I'm going to be around after January the 20th. <laughs> In fact, between now and January the 20th, I'm sending a strong shot across the bow that if you don't do what I want you to do, there are political ramifications. You best not forget about me, Mr. Vice President, who I currently currently like, but that could change at a moment's notice. <laughs> wow. In fact, we even have some U.S. congressmen in North Carolina saying the same thing, that if you don't do what we plan to do as Republicans in Congress on Wednesday, tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow Tomorrow, is. we're going to get a primary opponent against you. And all of a sudden, several of our Republican congressmen in this district and others are going... I'm more worried about my primary opponent than my general election opponent come 22. This kind of sounds like AOC in the Democratic Party, where AOC is going, if you do what Nancy Pelosi wants you to do and not what I want to do, I'm going to send a primary opponent against you. Of course, Nancy Pelosi just won the speakership by about six or seven votes only And to get that, I'm sure she made similar threats to her constituency, albeit other U.S. congressional representatives in the Democratic Party, saying, if you don't vote for me and I win, you can kiss your committee assignment goodbye, and you too will get a primary opponent. These are the internal games, bipartisan games done in both parties, that are played. It's part of the game. You see, I've been in the game. I've played the game. I've been played by the game. And sometimes the game is within your own party where the your own party gets in a big circle and says, ready, aim, fire, while the other party is outside the circle going, I'm liking this. I'm really liking this. They're fighting each other. 
They love it. And the media loves it. CNN last night was just portraying this internal Republican warfare. Fox is portraying the internal Democratic warfare. But the fact of the matter is, we have divided parties within the party right now. The Republican Party is divided on whether or not Donald Trump's election should be certified through the Electoral College in Congress. The Democratic infighting is about Nancy Pelosi being Speaker of the House and the AOC faction going, wait a minute, that's not right. I don't think Nancy Pelosi at 80 years of age should be Speaker of the House. But she and Donald Trump are both going, don't forget about me. And to your point, this was Trump last night talking about Mike Pence. You know, I've had two elections. I won both of them. It's amazing. And our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. <laughs> wow. Mike Pence might be back in radio <laughs> in just a couple of weeks. You know, Mike Pence came from radio. He did. He was a radio guy, and then he became a U.S. congressman. Then he became governor. Then he became vice president of the United States. Is he somehow going to do something tomorrow that will keep Donald Trump in the White House between now and January the 20th? Now, was he at that rally? I think he was. Or will he do something tomorrow that will keep him out of future Trump White Houses? Well, in fact, they could be opponents because Donald Trump's talking about running for re-election again. And you're, you're, here you have Mike Pence who was going, you know, it's, it's kind of my turn, Mr. President. I've been a loyal servant to you for four years. Maybe I want to run. And he's going, hold your horses, big guy. Well, you and I talked about this a few years ago on this show. Mm -hmm. I asked you, I said, do you think Trump would ever stop midway and choose a different running mate for a second run? And you said no. And you were right. He didn't. But what about <laughs> what about a run in 2024? Wow. That's a whole different ballgame, possibly. By the way, I've, have I told you, you know, I've run for governor three times. I won all three times. <laughs> I just want to make that for the record. <laughs> I heard something about you refereeing, actually. Ooh. Is that true? <laughs> refereeing, yeah. yeah that's I, true. I'll yeah. tell you that story one yeah. day about me refereeing. Um... <laughs> Next segment. Stick around. <laughs> no, let's don't do that. <laughs> we got to keep the number one audience <laughs> in Carolina's they radio. Because they've already be heard talking, that segment. We're going to be talking about this game of what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen on January the 20th. Is there a chance that this election will be overturned? Or are people just making political statements? Boy, we've got people within our own congressional delegation here in North Carolina who are extremely divided on this issue. And they're staring each other down going, what do I do? Because the people in safe districts have a dynamic that we're going to be talking about coming up on the game. On the game and the of game. politics. And the game within the game. That was the theme of a movie about all the school kids. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Yeah. What was that redheaded? Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Who went on to fame for one year on Saturday Night Live before he was fired. He was in a vacation. Yeah, he's rusty. Yeah, he was rusty in vacation. The original rusty. Uh -huh. There have been about eight uh -huh. rusty. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. Ring Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Judd Nelson. Man, that's... Mm -hmm. Good times. Hadn't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Sheedy. Alan Sheedy. She's the one who didn't talk much. Hadn't talked much since that movie either. No. <laughs> Emilio Estevez. Talking about talking down. last night, though, uh, President Trump was in the rally in front of thousands of people. And I've been to many of his rallies. And they follow a similar theme where they have, you know, speakers come before him. And, and I think in this case, uh, some family members come on stage. And then he introduces the candidates that he's promoting. And I've had that happen to me one time. I was in the audience in uh, Wilmington, I believe. And I wasn't supposed to come on stage. And I was sitting next to Melania in the audience. And I was having a good time sitting next to Melania. <laughs> <coughs> With all due respect. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I just got a memo from... 
new management are, team. Are you here. saying you weren't watching the speech? I was watching the speech, but <laughs> you're watching the audience. She she had an appeal that was like Jacqueline Kennedy times ten. I'm human. I'm only human. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> this segment is to an audience of one. <laughs> nah, she understands. So all of a sudden, uh, Donald Trump was on the stage, and he goes, And your governor, we need to elect your governor, you know, Pat McCrory. Pat, come on up. <laughs> and I'm thinking, does he really mean it or not? Because it's a rather long walk. You know, you had to go all the way to the stage and up the stairs and and so I didn't know if he just wanted me to come up or not. So I kind of go like this. And, no, no, come on up. Come on up. And then he steps back. But it, when you step back, he's right behind you. And you feel Donald Trump's sh shadow. Or maybe it was just because he saw me sitting next to Melania. Well, <laughs> and he know, was giving me that stare. I think we like had... Like I saw you sitting next to... <laughs> I think we had a, a representative from our show at the rally last night. I did not he know actually that. tried to find somebody in the crowd last night. David, David, David. He, we love our David. I know David so well. Me. He's respected and loved by everyone. You are kidding me. David from Asheville was introduced by President Trump at the Georgia rally. Not only that, I mean, he was. But thinking, he didn't go up on stage no. because he doesn't like to show himself. I don't know. Did he? No, he, he, he doesn't like to expose himself. Maybe he was on the front row beside Melania. That's where he was. Yeah. He's smart. He was sitting next to Melania going, hey, man, you want to come to Asheville? <laughs> you know, Asheville's pretty close to Georgia. You know, Why don't you run there. for president? Yeah. <laughs> David, David, David. <laughs> See, I always wonder that, though, because we've seen President Trump come here and stuff. I mean, he came yeah. here and stumped mm. for... For uh, Dan Bishop, and Dan Bishop knew he was going to go up on stage, but in that particular case, you didn't know who I he was going to go. In one time, I remember I felt sorry for Dan Forrest, who I called the other day, by the way, just say hello, see how he's doing, because it's most people forget to call you after you lose, you don't get any phone calls. But um, I, I remember one time Dan, uh, the president came here, and the president did not introduce Dan Forrest or even recognize him, and I'm just going, my God, come on, man, <laughs> but. So he recognized me. I went up, and then he presented, brought me to the microphone, but he was standing right behind me. And I think that was the message, say a few words and get off stage. <laughs> and his shadow was over me. Or he was just giving me a mean stare because I was sitting so close to Melania. That could have been it. You know, maybe he saw some competition. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm just joking. God, I'm just joking back home. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the president made two strong messages last night. And hey, this, yeah, how This one message was to the Georgia governor. He basically said, when the Georgia governor runs for re-election, I'm going to campaign against him. Now, I assume that's in a primary because in the general election, Stacey Abrams is most likely going to run again for the Georgia governor. And we as Republicans don't want Stacey Abrams to be governor of any state, much less Georgia. She's got her sets high set on the White House, you know, from a state representative to governor to the White House within five years. She was hoping to be vice president. And now she's being pronounced as the kingmaker. In winning Georgia, she's getting all the credit for winning Georgia for Joe Biden, the way John Lewis is getting the credit for winning South Carolina for Joe Biden. That's the internal politics being played right now. It's power plays, and people who get that reputation are going to use that power. And now when Stacey Abrams is watching the president go, I'm going to run against the governor of Georgia. I'm going to make sure he's defeated. Stacey Abrams is outside the circle watching CNN going, hot dog, I like this. <laughs> I think you mean Jim Clyburn in South Carolina. I'm sorry, who you, did I say? You said John Lewis. Oh, I'm sorry. John Lewis is the other congressman who passed away right. from Georgia. Yeah, Jim Clyburn was the one who yeah. put Joe Biden over the top mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Similar generation. Yeah. Similar generation. Um, so now Mike Pence has the big decision to make tomorrow. U.S. congressmen and a few senators are making these decisions, and 
their phones are ringing off the hook saying, don't approve this electoral college vote, which basically only delays the vote by a day or two unless, you know, what are the ramifications if all of a sudden they got enough votes, which, you know, Democrats control the House. There's one other thing, though. What? Do you think they're going to have a definitive vote tally tonight? Do you think they're going to know, or is this going to be like November was, and it's going to be drawn out? No, again? this is electoral votes. They're going no, to no, have... no. What I mean is, oh, in Atlanta, for Georgia, Atlanta. I mean, I'm sorry, Georgia, Georgia and Atlanta. yeah, Fulton County will be the one that might be holding right. the ballots. But will we will we have a definitive result in Georgia tonight? That's what I'm asking. Well, what's different in Georgia as compared to what the president's complaining about in Wisconsin, Michigan, is they count. I believe they count the early votes first. So there won't be this delay mm-hmm. where one minute the Republicans are ahead and the next minute they're behind. I've tried to explain this to the audience. The president was talking about this last night, too, and I'll explain this more in the future. The state rules are different in each state of when they open up certain ballots and count the ballots. And that's why the voting order was different in each state, which confused a lot of people, including a lot of Democrats who were going, why are we so far behind and ahead in these states, and then in other states, we're catching up. Mm-hmm. It's because the state rules are different on how they count ballots and when they count ballots. Much more to come on Election Day in Georgia. Mm. Wait a minute, I've got a memo from HR. Yeah. No, this is from home <laughs> about Melania. Uh, I'd be more concerned about the one from home. <laughs> Uh, that's some of the screams going on as people get shots for the vaccine. Actually, it's harmless. So there's a lot of controversy going on throughout the nation and right here in Charlotte about the vaccine. The speed in which the vaccine is being administered, who's getting the vaccine, the requirements to get the vaccine. And you mentioned... Uh in places elsewhere, New York's public and private hospitals could be fined as much as $100,000 and risk not receiving further COVID-19 vaccine shipments if they don't administer doses within a week of getting them. Cuomo yeah. is mad at the hospitals. He said this in a news conference. He's not blaming Trump anymore. He can't blame Trump because that means he's got to start blaming Biden in two weeks. Yeah, he, he called out individual hospitals yeah. that have been uh, slow to administer the vaccine. Uh, Here in our area, appointments can now be made starting today for people who are next in line for the vaccines. Anybody who's 75 years of age or older. However, guess what? I'm going to give you some information that you and the listeners maybe don't know about. I had a very good listener give me this information. According to COVID uh, guidelines here in North Carolina, what kind of identification will be required to get the vaccine? You'd think there'd be some sort of requirement to yeah. prove that you're, what's the age group now? 75 and older. 75 and older. That should be the case. Right. By the way, I want to compliment the governor of Florida who really started going, wait a minute, before we give it to certain people, including school teachers, with all due respect, we ought to give it to those people who are actually dying in large numbers to this disease. So 75 and older is the number, which, which the media doesn't tell us the statistics every night. They just give us general statistics. But guess what? North Carolina, North Carolina does not require an identification card like a driver's license to be vaccinated. Some employers or health care providers could request the ID, but it is not a requirement by the state. That means if you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 35, I guess that'd be kind of foolish. But I know of some 50-year-olds that look 80. In fact, have you ever noticed that the 50-year-olds who look 80 have looked 80 all their life, even when they're 20? And when they're 80, they still look the same age. Have you ever noticed that? I've done a federal study on this. I haven't gone that far. It was a multi-million dollar grant that I got. And <laughs> yes. I got, a, I got a paper on it out of the University of North Carolina. This is what he does when he's not hosting a radio show. Yeah, I did a paper on if you look old, <laughs> you if you look be. 50 when you're 20, you'll look 50 when you're 70. <laughs> They never age. 
I'm just saying. So those people will be able to go and say, I want a shot, and the hospital administrators will assume they're 75 years of age because they go, God, that guy looks old, or this woman looks old. But ID is not required. I'm wondering if there are politics behind North Carolina not requiring an ID because the Democrats don't like to require IDs. They say that's discriminatory when it comes to voting. So if they then require IDs to get a shot, which, by the way, you want to save as many shots as possible for those 75 and over, you want to make sure no one's cheating the system. And by not requiring the ID, there are some people who may cheat the system at the expense of a life. So it's not voter ID, it's vaccine ID. Vaccine ID is not required by the Cooper administration here in the state of North Carolina. Now, there may be some older people in a nursing home that maybe don't have an ID with them, but I think the nursing home could verify, <laughs> yeah, this person's that age. But there are ways you could abuse this system, just like you can abuse the voting system. There are opportunities to do it. Whether or not people are doing it or not, we don't know. We'll ask Stacey Abrams. So that's kind of interesting. No ID required in North Carolina. Now, in Charlotte here, we've had controversy at our hospital, right? Mm-hmm. We had a... We, you know, the hospital people on the front lines, the doctors and the nurses who are dealing with these patients, I think they deserve to get the shot, and that's good. But apparently the hospital was giving shots to people who are working at home. And how did we find out about this? Because one of them t- uh, tweeted about it. Who tweeted about it? One of the workers at uh, Atrium tweeted that, that she was in line, that she had scheduled her vaccination. <laughs> and what was her job? Social media. (laughs) Manager. The manager of social media. God knows how much she gets paid. Tweeted something. I'm about to get my vaccine at home. (laughs) And she was given priority over someone 75 and over, which is outrageous. And then because the media found out about it, then Atrium. They adjusted it and... And, and canceled the, the, the like sch- the schedule has been adjusted. Yes, <laughs> they got caught. Yeah. So uh, hey, don't cheat the system. If if you're 65 and you look 75, don't go get a shot. Just accept that you look old. Let the other people who are 75 be the ones who get the shot first. And if you're a PR person working for your company, don't jump in line. It used to Working be, from home. It used to be you wanted to look 21, right? Now you want to look 75. <laughs> <laughs> you want to prove you're old. It's like trying to sneak into an R-rated movie when you're yes. 17. Yes. Not that I never did that. Never. I had a buddy of mine, Rusty Bryson, in front of me tried to sneak into a movie called The Class of 74. Well, I was the class of 74, so <laughs> Rusty was in the line, and the guy, he had a fake ID, and he said, uh, so... When's your birthday? (laughs) And he had no idea. (laughs) And we all had to turn around with our heads between our legs and get back in the car and go, I guess we're not seeing that movie. See, that was the Porky's of its day when you were that age. You know what I'm talking about. Porky's? Never heard of it. (laughs) Weren't there three of those? Wow, 777 comments on the story on the Pat McCrory Show Facebook page yesterday, which was encapsulating our discussions about Nancy Pelosi and her new words and identifiers that she wants to be used and not used. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. This is the Nancy Pelosi who tore up the State of the Union speech. Yeah, almost a year ago. Which just, just broke all legitimate protocol and courtesy to the whole process of the State of the Union speech when she tore up the, in a, it looked like a pre-planned event where she, remember that, where she ripped it? Oh, yeah. And now, I guess you're allowed to do that, but you're not allowed to use certain words like brother and sister and man or woman or son or daughter. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this yesterday. We literally got thousands um, 
We had over 20,000 people listen to the show on my Facebook yesterday. And by the way, we always put a segment on my show on Facebook, Pat McCrory Facebook. It's also on WBT.com uh, website where you can re-listen to parts of the show because we realize a lot of you, um, and I have a lot of people say, God, I only got to listen to the first hour, didn't get to listen to the second hour. You can pull up WBT website, WBT.com, or pull up the Pat McCrory Show, and you can listen to the entire show on that website. And on Radio.com, I believe, also. So, uh, and uh, on Pat McCrory Facebook, uh, I'd love to get your comments on that. But boy, did we get a lot of comments uh, yesterday on Facebook. Um, here's one. God made the decision to make man and woman. Nancy has no control over that. <laughs> she had had her chance to be a decent woman. She has failed miserably. These little Democrats think there are gods. Is this violating the First Amendment of the Constitution of free speech? You know, that's a great question. The freedom of speech. The people who ask for tolerance are the ones that don't want speech. The ones who don't want speech include Google and Facebook right now. They don't want the free expression of speech. Can you imagine our founding fathers thinking this way? Because a lot of the original free speech against the British came up through pamphlets. Thomas Paine. Ben Franklin and others had pamphlets in which they could go around the newspapers to express opinion. Were all the opinions always accurate? Were they always totally factual? No, but no opinions are. And yet, now we have mainly Democrats and liberal companies like Facebook and Google who are basically going, we're not going to let you put that on Google. We're not going to let you put this on, do a tweet. We're not going to let you put this on Facebook. We will censor you. Well, we don't have any censor. I haven't been censored yet on Facebook. And yet we have an incredible response right now. And uh, the question is, are we now all going to be forced, not only in the House of Representatives, but is corporate America now going to stop allowing us to use certain phrases? And I guarantee it's going to happen. Because corporate America now is becoming as liberal or more liberal than AOC herself. Because they feel the political pressure of not being able to use the word, for example, illegal immigrant or undocumented. We've done shows on this in the past where certain terminology which the media uses. By the way, we used to call Democrats liberal. Now we call them progressive. Can't use that word liberal anymore. It's progressive. Only Republicans are right-wing. You're no longer a conservative. You're right-wing or extreme. But that's a political slant. Now we're doing a slant in which we're literally getting rid of common words. Another one of your favorites, recreational marijuana. Oh, I love recreational <laughs> marijuana. What a joke that is. And I always told the cigarette industry, if you would have just called it recreational cigarettes, it'd still be called the Winston Cup in NASCAR. You just weren't that smart. Of course, who's leading the marijuana industry right now to promote this concept of recreational marijuana? Do you know who it is? Who's the lead lobbyist for the marijuana industry? He's David, from Ohio. David, David, he, we love our <laughs> David. No, no David's second in command. He's, Dave, he's on the payroll. Yeah, he's on the payroll. <laughs> he tests products. <laughs> for free. No, you know who? It, who's the former Speaker of the House from Ohio? Baynard. Baynard. Baynard now. John Baynard. John Baynard. I remember visiting Baynard when I was considering running for Congress. He must have had 10 cigarettes while I was in the office with him. You couldn't breathe in there. Well, now he works for the marijuana industry, or as they say, the recreational weed industry. Because recreational, that means you assume you're going to be riding, what are those new fancy bikes that you can't find anymore? Starts with a P. Come on. Peloton. Peloton. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I, I thought you meant a bike that had two wheels. Yeah, that's a <laughs> piece of equipment. Yeah, okay. A I Peloton. Yeah. Well, you know, you're allowed to smoke you have, weed when you, you, you do a Peloton? a Peloton because it's a recre you know, it's recreational. That's that's and the media jumped right on it. The media allowed the marketing people, the marijuana industry to buy into, we are going to call marijuana from now on recreational marijuana or recreational weed. In fact, they're going to weed more now than marijuana. They're even going from marijuana to weed. They probably have surveyed what's more acceptable. 
So why not, you know, recreational heroin, <laughs> recreational beer, recreational bourbon? See, the liquor industry didn't think of that either. But Nancy Pelosi now is saying you cannot use man or woman. Now, does that mean at the next State of the Union speech by Joe Biden, how will he refer to the Speaker of the House? Nancy Pelosi. Come on, man. <laughs> he can't say that anymore. He said, come on, person. Can't say amen and a woman. They just said it, though. They said it on the same day that she passed these I rules. Know. I know. What? I'm confused. I do. So you're a Gen Xer. I'm a baby boomer. You're confused. I'm confused. I wonder if the millennials that, who go to Chapel Hill are confused. They're probably going, yeah, this makes total sense. <laughs> David from Asheville, who's in Georgia. David, if he, did David, he get, David, we love our David. I get, know David so well. Did he get to fly in Air Force One, too? I wonder if he smuggled recreational weed into Air Force One. <laughs> he was riding a recreational Peloton bike. <laughs> Peloton. I wish I would have had stock in Peloton a year or two ago. I had no idea you had this affinity for Peloton. I don't. I can't. Oh, I, I never ride a Peloton yeah. in my life. Come on. Come on, man. Recreational exercise? Yeah. <laughs> I like the real thing. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Alan Although the advertisements are quite... I've heard of several marriages that, that have broke up because the guy is watching the girl in the Peloton thing, and the wife walks in and goes... Well, it looks like you're infatuated with the, the video here. Yeah, it's not just a video. It's an actual person you're talking to on the Peloton. Yeah, I've heard some marriages break up because of that. Yeah. And he goes, it's recreational, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will continue our recreation into uh, hour two. How did we get into this? I never know. Pat McCrory show continues on WBT. One day they'll tell a story. And some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything you said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know you I'm, are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless you all. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I always go right, guys. Anton, let's do this. Rachel in London, I see you. Let's see what you've got today. David in Edinburgh, that is 200 rides. Let's make it count. Do not give up now. Let's go. Let's climb together. Here we go. You are stronger than you know. You smashed it. That's what you do during the commercial breaks, right? That's go ride the bike. You, it's like Paul McCartney in Day in the Life, man. <sighs> Multitasking. That's what we're going to do between breaks in the new year from now on. Peloton? During the news and traffic, we're going to do the Peloton. Yeah, where's the Peloton? Which next to the piano. Okay, okay, excellent. <laughs> I just need to know because. I need to go. We're going to roll out the Peloton out of uh, the storage room here where my grand piano is. <laughs> That's right. Will it be piano or Peloton? <laughs> you know, maybe they can invent something where you play the piano while doing the Peloton. Well, I mean, the Peloton. And you can do recreational marijuana at the same time. And it's all filed under recreation. Under something. recreation. Yes. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Pat McCrory mm. Show. The governor uh, Pelotoning during the break. As he is prone to do. And it's Georgia Election Day. I'll tell you, this Georgia race is probably the most important state election for Senate in United States history. I cannot think of any time in my lifetime, which has been a long time, in which we've had a Senate election determine whether or not one, one party controls the Senate, the House, and the executive branch. And if that happens... It's going to be interesting to see what the stock market does tomorrow. 
It might actually go up because the Democrats might start spending even more government money, which will be a fake stimulus to the economy, which, frankly, the Republicans have been doing, too. No one, no political party, with all due respect to all my Republican friends and Democratic friends, seems to give a darn about the deficit, which now I think $7 trillion. And now Biden was saying yesterday in a speech in Georgia that if the two Democrats win, one who's like 33 years old, never held a real job in his life, 33 years old, was a congressional aide, I think, PR guy, and he has a chance to become a U.S. senator, and he, he's a socialist. There's no ands, ifs, or doubts about that. He's a socialist. And Joe Biden says if the two Democrats win in Georgia, we will all get $2,000. That means families who are making $300,000 a year will get $2,000. And I'm going to ask why. Because actually, with all due respect, there are a lot of people who have made money during this recession. Ossoff is 33. Warnock is 51. Of the Democrats. 33 years old. Mm-hmm. I thought I was too young at 32 to run for city council. He's 33. Of course, that's about the age Joe Biden was when he ran for the U.S. Senate, too. And he's been there ever since until he became vice president. Now, as of January 20th, he will be most likely the president of the United States. That's how long he's been doing it. 33 years old, the U.S. Senator. You know, the U.S. Senate is supposed to be the house more of wisdom where you have experience, where you slow things down to have a thought process of what we need to do in the long term for the country. That is really the reason for the U.S. Senate. That is why we have certain laws right now in which you have to have certain majorities to get things done. It's to make sure no radical or extreme things can happen on either the left or the right. And the Senate's supposed to be the people who are thinking about, wait a minute, if we do this when we're in charge, when we're not in charge, what will the other party do? And that includes determining presidential elections. There are actually some senators are going, you know, if I vote against the Electoral College and Biden, what happens when we win the next election? Will the Democrats do the same thing to us? Or wonder if they would have done the same thing when Hillary Clinton was saying this election was stolen from us. Remember that? They called President Trump an illegitimate president. Up until the very end, they were calling him an illegitimate president. Now they're not saying that, by the way, because they're criticizing Trump for not saying, I lost. So that's what the Senate's supposed to be. And I I, I would question if there's any 32-year-old who has wisdom. The only 32-year-olds who maybe have wisdom, I remember the, the World War II generation 32-year-olds, that, you know, if you're in the battle of uh, D-Day, if you're in D-Day, within two days you get wisdom <laughs> being shot at. You all of a sudden get wisdom and leadership because you've had to lead someone up a beach and cliffs in the face of fire and life and death, yeah, maybe you get wisdom there. But right now, I don't. I, every 32 year old, including me at the time, thought they had wisdom. Have you ever met a 32 year old that doesn't think they have wisdom? In fact, nowadays, it's hard to meet a 17 year old who doesn't think they have wisdom. As every 17-year-old says, you know, every 17-year-old or every 21-year-old thinks they invented two things, sex and dissension, revolution. I'm serious. Every generation thinks they have wisdom. We're different from our parents. We have wisdom. And I'm seeing that with this generation, just like my generation, which I often call the Pepsi generation. My generation, the baby boom generation, was if it feels good, do it. The heck with the consequences. We'll worry about that later. And it's only compounded since then. You were the Pepsi generation, Mm -hmm. and Pepsi was the choice of my generation. Don't you remember yeah, that yeah, in your generation, you had Michael Jackson the dancing, and the choice what, what were the ramifications of that? <laughs> <laughs> His head caught on fire, yeah. and then... Choice of a new generation. Yeah, Michael Jackson was your choice of a new generation. <laughs> here we are at the end of another segment, and I'm saying, how did we get here? <laughs> I have no idea. That's why... We're the number one show in Charlotte that we go many different directions. But coming up, we're going to be talking about 
The city council is talking about the Charlotte City Council, a job that I held for six years, long time ago, and mayor for 14 years. They're talking about pay raises, extending their terms, nonpartisan elections at a time when we've had uh, broke the murder record in Charlotte just a few days ago. And that seems to be the highest agenda item. Well, you asked yesterday, uh, mm. we saw the agenda for last night, yeah. and you said, are they going to talk about the violence? They did. Well, uh, they talked about talking about right, it. Right, exactly. It's kind of like Biden talking about a plan. He has a plan to have a plan. It did come up last night, and uh, we'll uh, let you know how it I bet someone did. was listening to our show yesterday. They're feeling the pressure. I wondered. I watched I'll this tell you, night. there are a lot of families right now of murder victims who are going, enough is enough. All right, 922 on WBT. Don't forget, 704-374-3800. The Big Finish is brought to you by Rug Source, and it's your opportunity. Maybe you're new to the mix. Every day you have a chance to chime in on things you hear during the show, react to, uh, suggest things that you want us to talk about. It's all called The Big Finish, and uh, that's where we hear from you at the end of the show. Yeah, you have a chance to talk about uh, the rally last night in Georgia, the Georgia election. What do you think about tomorrow? What should Vice President Pence do? What should our delegation do regarding their votes on approving the Electoral College? Or you could talk about what we're about to talk about right now, the Charlotte City Council. At a time when our murder rate is the highest it's ever been, the major priority of last night's meeting was to talk about, I believe, three things. One is... um, The Legacy Commission. The Legacy Commission, which is all... I love that term, Legacy Commission. The term is even misleading. The Legacy Commission. No, it's about changing the names of roads, taking one name off and putting another name on. Also, don't, uh, don't get. I, I'm not going to get into it. But did did anyone come and speak to the Legacy Commission? Did anyone recommend a Bo Thompson Road? Uh, to my knowledge, no. But I did not watch the whole meeting. So it's just it's it's amazing how little being is played. You know, changing road names is a big deal. Because if you live on that road, you got to change all your stationery and correspondence and mailing and bills. All would have to go to a different road. And then the question is, what do you name the road after? Is, is that person you're going to name the road after perfect? Do they have a perfect life, which nothing can be ever questioned in their life? People also weighed in on a plan to move uh, Charlotte City Council to four-year staggered terms. Mm, so they now want to do four years. Last time that was taken to a referendum, it was soundly defeated. The voters didn't think anything was wrong with two years, especially since most of them don't even have any competition every, anymore because most of the seats are gerrymandered for the Democrats. Now, the committee that recommended that change uh, also uh, making recommendations about term limits, mm-hmm. uh, nonpartisan positions. Did they write, make a recommendation for term limits? The Yes, this, this, this uh, recommendation uh, includes uh, term limits. Part- for city council members yeah. and the mayor. And, and nonpartisan positions, which means council members would not run as Democrats or Republicans. <clears throat> the other big issue, did we take this to the voters? Mm-hmm. Or do they make the decision themselves? Because, frankly, they have the authority to make this decision themselves. And the way it's being treated right now, I mean, they have this public hearing on the first week out of the holidays where no one's paying attention. And it's not on even... Yeah, it's not in person either. Not which, in person. Which they can't control because of the pandemic. But you combine those two things and you, you it's under the radar why screen. people did not... Not a lot of people... There's uh, nothing on the news last night about it. Very little and nothing in the Charlotte Observer about it. But that's that's a huge issue. Extending terms from two to four years. Term limits. I'd be interested to see how many city council members agree with term limits. But what about this idea of converting uh, council seats to the same as school board, meaning nonpartisan positions? I was against that when I was a city council member and mayor. And at the time, the Republicans were the majority party. The Democrats were wanting that. The Democrats were wanting nonpartisan elections because they thought that would give them a better chance to get elected. Because at that time, Charlotte was actually a Republican city for about a decade, decade and a half. That's it. And Mecklenburg County was a Republican county at the time. It's no longer. So the Democrats used to be for it. Now the head of the Democratic Party is saying we don't want it anymore because the head of the Democratic Party realizes 
we got this thing in the bag. We control the election in the primary. Almost the entire election for mayor and city council is predetermined in the primary, which means about 10,000 to 20,000 people are determining our local representatives because it never gets to the general election because the Republicans are going, I might as well not run. I don't have a chance to, to win. Now, the argument against not having or against not having partisan elections is it denies the voter to know whether they're Republican or Democrat. Of course, you could still put the R and the D next to their name and not have a primary, combine them all into one election. That would be kind of interesting. But I don't think you should deny the voter the chance to know whether a person is Republican, Independent, or or Democrat. The dilemma is, because of the gerrymandered, because of our changing demographics, almost all urban cities are liberal. Just the fact they're Democrat. And we have no diversity of opinion now on our county commission, city council, and school board. We have no diversity of opinion. We have two Republicans on the city council. I have 11. We have no Republicans on the county commission. So why would the Democrats want to change anything? And the third thing that was up for public discussion last night, public forum, was the proposed one-cent sales tax that would go to uh, transit projects. And, and most notably, the, the Silver Line. Well, I'm reviewing that plan right now. And first of all, you need a lot more public discussion than the night after or the week after New Year's. I mean, this is huge on whether or not have a referendum. And frankly, there's a lot of steps they've got to take. I hear that many of the elected officials want that on the ballot come November or maybe even in a primary in September. They're going to need state legislative approval, which is going to be very difficult with the Republican legislature. And they're going to be asking the tough questions of not only where will you spend that money, but how have you spent the previous money? And I was the one who pushed the original half-cent sales tax referendum and went to the legislature back in 1998. And that was when the anticipated revenue was $50 million on the half-cent sales tax. It is now over $100 million for a half cents, $100 million. Now they want it to increase to a penny, which would mean another $150 million coming in for transportation. And now they're wanting to add other things. Uh, there's a lot of complexities to this that I'll discuss in, in future days. Uh, I know the subject like the back of my hand. And uh, to have one public hearing is not sufficient. Now, this time, just about this time yesterday, you, you saw the agenda for last night, and you asked mm -hmm. the question, are they going to talk about the violent crime stats and happenings last year at all? And the answer to your question is, they did sort of last night. We'll hear some of that coming up. They did sort of. Well, it's not, it's not exactly what you think. They talked about talking about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to talk about them talking about it, <laughs> Ta to talk about it. In How's that? We're going to talk about them talking about talking about it. That's right. So apparently the city council had a public hearing last night on three subjects. Uh, penny sales tax for transportation and other things that we'll talk about later dates. The second was uh, themselves, whether or not they should get pay raises and whether or not they should get extended four-year terms and nonpartisan elections. And the third thing they were talking about is uh, changing names of roads, mm -hmm. you know, the legacy project, which they call, which is a politically correct name. It should be the name of the committee should have been we're changing road names <laughs> because the politically correct police don't like these road names. But at the end of the meeting, apparently they were talking about a retreat. Yep. And every year the city council has a retreat. This is an opportunity to have long discussions about long-term topics of concern, usually at a location where they're away from their families and not worried about getting home on time. They usually spend the night in a hotel. We used to do it in Tryon, North Carolina. And actually at night, we'd play poker all night, and uh, Al Rousseau would win every <laughs> poker game. He and Boyd Cobble, the late Boyd Cobble, who I passed away several months ago, who I missed tremendously. He was my chief of staff. He and 
Al Russo would win all the poker winnings in my room. We'd always play in my room because, of course, the mayor got the bigger room. <laughs> it sounds like Michael Jordan and Charles yeah, Barkley. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't pay for big money. It was, you know, if we lost $5, it was like a fortune. But that was team building. I know y'all are going, why are y'all doing that? You're supposed to represent it. They spent a lot of time together. It was good. I don't think y'all have spent a lot of money at these retreats. Did you do icebreakers? Didn't have to. People were screaming at me all the time. I remember one time Don Reed and Mike Jackson started screaming at me. The trust fall? And stormed out or something. And then I had another council member threaten to beat me up one time. Oh. I don't know. Could it be me? I don't know. <laughs> that was even back in my early 40s, people were wanting to beat me up. It's all well, coming back. I've got to go through... Uh, therapy now after I'm bringing it up. So now they're talking about the mayor and council apparently at the end of this well, awkward they, they were on talk- video meeting. They they were talking about mm-hmm. what should be on the agenda mm-hmm. for the upcoming retreat and specifically what should drive the discussion about uh, the the trend in violence and the year we just finished. Trend with- is a good way to put it. Yeah. Murders. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I paraphrasing. But, yeah. but so here I'm going to you can stop and start this as you please, but I'm going to join okay. some of the conversation here on your show. Uh, Larkin Eggleston uh, talking about mm-hmm. the agenda, and you'll hear some of the other county commission, or rather, uh, city council mm-hmm. members too. Seeds that we have planted over the last few years, um, and and though they many of those are things that are long range plans that will yield long range returns, I think they're also yielding some immediate impacts, and I know that. Um, you know, the, the one thing that tends to catch people's eye at the end of a calendar year is the number of homicides in our community. Um, <laughs> Stop. It was- Stop. Catch your eye at the end of the year? No, it's been catching her eye more than catching her eye since day one of this year when the murder rate was going up at a trend greater than any other year since 1993-94 time period. It wasn't just the end of the year when we are bringing up murder rate, especially to the families whose members were killed, and they're trying to figure out who killed them still. I know Largan. He's a good guy. But it's just not the end-of-the-year topic, the murder rate. It was high, and it, and it is unacceptable. Um, good for him for saying It's that. hard to compare it year over year with things that happened 20, 30 years ago because our city has got twice as many people now as it did then. All right, stop. Uh, but stop. Not- stop. They, I keep hearing it. We have twice as many people, so the er, murder rate per capita is not as great as it used to be. And I could also, you could use an argument, they're saving a lot of lives better. Now, people who are shot are living because the surgeons are doing such a better job. So had the hospitals not have better techniques, you're seeing this in the military, too. A lot of people are living after being shot when they weren't living in 1992, 93, 94. They didn't have the incredible surgeons. They had good surgeons, but they've learned a lot of how to deal with gunshot wounds. So don't say our our city has grown so much, therefore our murder rate is lower per capita. It, it just, it's apples and oranges. It's, it's, it's a bad murder rate, regardless of the size of the city. And it's a trend that's going on, not just in Charlotte, but other areas. But they're, frankly, it's going on in democratically controlled cities that are not tough on crime anymore. That's a fact. Nonetheless, it's something that we all need to be concerned about. But it really stems from the larger, more complete picture of violent crime in our community Um, And that's what we've got to address. Uh, Some of the things about whether or not someone loses their life in one of these interactions are are simply random, but the violence is not random. Um, It can be it can be shown through data um, to be in certain corridors, be with with certain folks who have these interpersonal conflicts um, that continue to flare up and um, and escalate themselves into a violent interaction. Stop. Stop. um, Stop. I think he's very mature in his conversation. I think sincere. But the fact of the matter is, why aren't you asking the tough questions? This is when, in preparation for a a summit for the city council, a retreat, you ask the questions that we want to have answered by the time of the retreat, which should have been done three years ago. And that is, who's doing the killings? Have they been in jail before? Are they under the influence? Are they using illegal drugs? How many times have we arrested them? Why were they released? What kind of prison sentences were they getting? Were they in drug rehab? Do they have mental stability problems? 
I mean, there's those are the questions you need to be asking, not just, oh, well, it was due to spur of the trying to settle an argument. How many arguments have these people been involved in? And were there drugs involved? I'm going to advance it a little bit to get some other voices in here. Our, 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 this is Braxton Winston. Um, mm. want to look at uh, nuisance abatement. Um, I, I just want us to remind us that we've had this conversation about that. Um, and we could, should continue to have and see how we can use um, the tools that we have better. Um, but let's just acknowledge that um, that is a real kind of zoomed in specific um, um, What's he uh, saying? Nuisance uh, These are specific examples. Nuisance, specific nuisance abatement. Um, <clears throat> you know, we really started to look at how do we affect gun violence. Um, and we, we looked at uh, violence interruption in the streets um, and, oh, boy. Uh, and in the hospitals. But I think it's going to be um, um, uh, to, for us to continue to have community support. We need to lay out all of the kind of um, source of violence areas that we are going to look to attack and how we're going to engage right. um, our community. Um, we know the areas. It's the same areas that were 30 years ago. We, you know the answer to that, Braxton, with all due respect. And, you know, having violent interrupters is an idea. I'm not going to shut down the idea immediately, but frankly, people aren't there to all of a sudden go, okay, put your guns down. Everyone put their guns down and hold up your arms. Who's going to do that? <laughs> when, when you're dealing with two people most likely high on drugs or alcohol, yeah, that will really work. Why don't you look at the stats on how many of these people have been arrested before? How many times they've been in and out of the criminal justice system before and why the police know their names already? Because I guarantee it will find out the same answers that we found out in 92, 93, and 94 that we're rearresting the same people over and over and over again. And because of that, we're killing people by letting them back out on the street and not dealing with a problem to begin with. I guarantee you that's the problem. These are not first-time offenses for the people involved in these crimes. In most cases... And in most cases, there's drugs or alcohol involved or mental illness involved. So at least they're talking about talking about it. And talking about guns is fine, too. I, I want to know how many illegal guns were found. What guns were used? We've just found out in the Beatty's Ford Road case, I think over... 10 or 12 guns, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was an astounding number of guns that were used in hundreds of rounds of ammunition with no witnesses and four people killed and seven people wounded. I'm just shocked they're not talking about that one incident in the middle of our community in which black lives were lost. All right, 10 before, 10 o'clock here on WBT. It's a Georgia election day, so stay with WBT throughout the day for all the latest on that. And we'll be back tomorrow, of course, with reaction and everything else. Right now, it's time wow. for the big finish, brought to you by Rug Source. Rug Source invites you to save up to 80% off at Rug Source. Visit the brand new Rug Source showroom today, I 77 and Harris Boulevard, or go to rugsource.com. You know, I just realized it. I think it's eight years ago today that I was sworn in as 74th governor of uh, North Carolina. Because someone just sent me a picture of me sitting with them on the steps of the governor's mansion. And so and this was eight years ago today. Huh? Huh. Seems like a long time ago. <laughs> Thanks, John, for sending me that picture. A lot of fun. So let's hear from our loyal listeners in this new year. Well, it's the new year, and I thought I would try again. But again, you guys just comparing Melania to Jacqueline uh, Kennedy. Come on. Have a good day, guys. Come on. What do you mean? We turn Melania into Jacqueline Kennedy. Come on, man. What's wrong with that? They're both classy people, and they're both beautiful people, and they're both smart people. They both spoke a lot of uh, Jacqueline Kennedy spoke several languages, and so did uh, so does Melania Trump. Now, the media doesn't give Melania Trump anything. In fact, I heard last night on the news that you know Donald's mad that she's never been on any cover. She doesn't really care. I, I think she's. I think she's pretty level-headed. I, I, I think she should get more credit 
and she's given by the national media. She's a beautiful, friendly, nice individual, and I thought she was an effective first lady. So if Miss Pelosi's up there writing rules that take away all genders, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this, you can't say that, to duly elected officials by the American people, then why can coaches and owners of football teams not tell their employees to get up off the turf and stand for the flag? What is the difference? Speech and expression have been taken so far out of our founder's context that it's ridiculous. God bless America. Mm, I feels the passion. <laughs> Boy, you, that's coming from the gut right there. That's coming from the gut, and I agree with you. The PC police are winning right now. George Orwell would be so proud of Nancy Pelosi. Good morning, Bo and Pat. I was just listening to you talk about Nancy Pelosi and the new language in Congress, and it reminds me of the diversity training we were all forced to take at Mm. work, Mm. learning about how we were all different, as if we couldn't figure that out for ourselves. Have a great day, and thank you for what you do. Bye-bye. There's big money in diversity training. Oh, I I used to be director of training and development for Duke Energy many years ago and there was big money in certain types of training. It goes faddish, this training. When I was Duke, we'd hire people win-win training. You know, everyone (laughs) wins and all this crap. I mean, the money they spent was outrageous. It was obscene. And now diversity training is obscene and there are about 10 to 20 people in the nation making millions upon millions of dollars, you know, diversity training with the big corporations. Hey, Pat, I know you're joking about recreational marijuana, but it's a lot more than smoking. It's medicinal, baked goods, candies, things that help people sleep, live our life with no side effects. Uh, if the Republicans had just had headed a little bit in that direction, they would have won more elections this year. David, 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 he, we love our that's David. Not, that's not recreational marijuana. That's, that's probably more medical marijuana that you need to whatever sleep maybe or other issues you're having we're talking about they call recreational marijuana is to get high and i just hope the guy driving the truck to you know harris teeter is not high i hope the surgeon doing surgeries isn't high for the last six months we've been hearing a new normal if they're creating a budget based on what happened a year ago no coronavirus they're creating a budget with the same issues we're having now nobody's going to work nobody's traveling why do we need to increase transportation tax public transport is not being used because we're not commuting to work every day like we used to yeah we're going to talk more about this uh, transportation issue in the future well and to his point uh, after this is over Many people may be working differently than they are now. Uh, we've been predicting that for years. A lot of my critics have been predicted that it didn't happen. But I'm telling you right now, coming into work this morning, the traffic was less again than it was before Christmas. Now that the virus is coming back, there's no, there is no um, traffic. From CNN News Network, Pat McCurry is still in the office January the 21st. Biden will send in a National Guard to get him out of the office with Bo Thompson. Stay tuned. Come on, man. Yeah, speaking of that, I guess Governor Cooper's going to get sworn in sometime, but I get maybe I was hoping to get invited. To, Determined. But, yes, uh, some of these commissioners, when they speak at a public meeting, um, 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 um. Speaking of recreational marijuana. <laughs> David, David, David. He, we love our that, David. That I person know David so well. He's is doing the uh, brownies, I believe, or the suckers. Didn't that, that, that guy, previous caller, saying there's candy and everything medicinal? That that yeah. that was not recreational. That was medicinal. Is that what they call it? Medicinal? Medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> Baked goods, candies, things that help people sleep. Yeah. Actually, I had my wife ordered a chocolate cake late at night the other night from the chocolate factory or something. That thing kept me up all night. <laughs> I've seen what happens when you have chocolate before. Oh the show. my gosh! 
I don't want to know what happens when you eat it right before you go to oh, bed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's it, when, that was medicinal. That's when I get emails from you at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgia tonight. Hey, don't forget about us in the morning. I know you've had a great time during the last two hours. You've learned something that you didn't know before. You've gotten mad. You've laughed. You've gone through all the emotions that we all need to go through every day. You have that chance again tomorrow. So don't forget, from 8 to 10 tomorrow, the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson, the hardest working guy in radio, and Donald Trump's favorite person is going to be here. Donald Trump's favorite guy. Yeah. That was at the rally in Georgia. I can't stand the guy. <laughs> I hate him. He gets every he gets invited everywhere. Apparently yes. he was on Air Force One, landed yeah. with the president. Da- da- David from Asheville. David from Asheville. Name dropped last night, right? David, David, David. He we love our David. I know David so well. He's respected right. and loved by everyone. Oh. We'll see you tomorrow. Back to your Pelotons.